Hello, and welcome to Mist World, a post-apocalyptic world that is covered in a permanent and deadly mist. Survivors cling to remote villages and towns at the summit of mountains, connected by a fleet of powerful and fast Oracle-class airships. These airships, however, are starting to disappear one by one mid-flight. All signs point to a deadly and powerful adversary, and one that must be destroyed before all is lost. Mistworld is the creation of Dan Machuka and is played using the Tiny Dungeon TTRPG system. Now, settle in and enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome back to Mistworld. My name's Daniel. I am the storyteller. Hi, everyone. I am Astrakhan Zell. I am a gnomish, well... I'm not really an alchemist. I just pretend to be an alchemist sometimes. I'm really a golemancer, followed around by a spider golem. Hi, team. Uh, Lockie, back and still playing Henry Goodbarrel. He survived the first episode. He's the uh, <laughs> halfling really... who's keen on uh, embroidery. <laughs> the adorable halfling hero who's keen on embroidery. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everyone's second favorite character. <laughs> uh I'm Mr. Whipper. I play a, a, a goblin, just deckhand, I guess. Bit of bit of everything. Um, That's my cue, I think. So yeah. I'm nearly Druid. She, they, I'm hunter of the sky, pilot extraordinaire, and sometime user of trivial magics. And thank you so much for coming back for our second episode. Um, now, just wanted to give our intrepid Golemancer a quick plug. Uh, they've got a Kickstarter at the moment, so take it away, Estrakan. All right. So I've been working on this world, which is the campaign setting the Kickstarters for probably for four or five years on and off. It's an alternate history Earth set at the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, but with magic. So we have Technomancers, um, which is a subclass that I'm creating for the campaign setting, mad science and magic, making things like airships and ghost looms where there's a ghost tethered to the machinery to start um, running it in place of steam. We've got ancient relics left over from a fallen elvish civilization, which uh, the humans know as Atlantis because we all know that European humans tend to rename things. The elves call it Lemuria. We've got subterranean ghost elves with submarines going through underground rivers and flooded cave systems. We've got city-states with wilderness and bandits in between. We've got dragons as a playable species on the um, the Western Isles, which is where the UK would be in this world. And just a little dash of eldritch horror, Cthulian entities outside the universe clawing at the edges to get in, cultists trying to let them. I created the world for my regular role-playing group and it kind of got a bit out of control after I just made the initial city to run a game in. So I thought I'd put it together, put all the notes together, add some artwork and publish it so other people could play in the, in the world. So now I have a Kickstarter. We will put the link in the notes or the description for the episode, but for those who'd like to have a look at it. It's www.kickstarter.com forward slash projects forward slash draconum, which is D-R-A-C-O-N-U-M forward slash 
yath-campaign-setting-4-5e-and-pathfinder, and I should have made a better URL than that, but I didn't. <laughs> so check it out, and if you like it, please support. It would be really great to see it come to fruition and actually be a physical book. Judging by the URL, is it 5e and Pathfinder compatible? It is. um, Pathfinder 1 and Pathfinder 2. So they're going to be three sets of mechanics for all of the things. I'm I'm personally looking forward to hammering my next 5e DM to letting me be an actual bloody dragon in the next game. I've actually run a game in this world with people playing dragons and they all keep harassing me to restart the game, but they don't all have time on the same day of the week any ever. So <laughs> I've got some pre-made characters that I might put in. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, yeah, thanks for so listening. Back, back to our, our world of Mistworld. Um, so you guys are currently in a, in a town known as Delonde, uh, the city of the labyrinth. Uh, it's coming up at about 5 a.m. at the moment. You guys are, are currently asleep. There's two groups of people moving around in the streets, for anyone who cared to look out. The first are a small group of refugees, people who were trying to make it to the capital uh, city of Bastion, but unfortunately have run out of funds due to lack of seats, higher prices, as we were starting to see at our last game. Um, so now they're in doorways, uh, looking for any kind of work that can get them that extra little bit closer to where they want to go. The second is a group of miners, but rather than, uh, but perhaps unusually by our description of miners, they are wearing these masks that resemble plague doctor masks. They've got very long noses. And uh, and if you come close to them, they give off this this sour odor. You can oh, see scarring. that's because the labyrinth has got the poison gas. That's exactly right. This. So the reason why these guys are miners and they go down is they're trying to find a path through and down to the planet's surface. And you can, if you get close enough to them, you see there's got scar tissue uh, creeping up from the mast from the times where they were able to get away from the poison quick enough to survive, but not quick enough to to remain unscathed. We're not talking about miners as in small small people. um, They're definitely (laughs) people are under eighteen. Is what we established. Well, to be fair, there are some races that are small, so they may appear to be both. (laughs) Now, we would Um, know that this scarring that appears is a common side effect of just touching the mist. Is that right? Pretty much. So it's it's kind of common knowledge. Uh, It's not very often seen, but these people are almost professionals in the way they they skirt the the mist by trying to go uh, underground and around it. Um, So far, none of them have been able to, to find a way down. But that doesn't. They consider this a path to salvation. They consider this a way to uh, get down on the planet's surface and potentially have that space back. Nice. Um, I think at this point, Henry Goodbarrow might be sitting in the you know, open back of the ship with Mister Whitbeer, uh, looking out, and just he points over and says, "You think they'll be okay? I mean, they. It's a dangerous job, and." We, we, don't, we get the air and they get the ground. It doesn't seem very fair. Oh, I'm sure they'll be fine. You know, they've obviously been doing it for a long while. And, uh, you know, if they don't make it, then uh, I'm sure we could find their stuff. 
everyone, not everyone's made for the air, Henry. Uh, and from the way Neely looks at Henry when she says it, there's some suggestion that he might be. <laughs> yeah, he uh, sheepishly looks down at his, uh, you know, shoes that are embroidered and uh, just says, yeah, I mean, but maybe maybe people can learn that, that that's something. I mean, if they try really hard. No, I don't think I've ever seen anyone learn, learn how to be in the air properly. You're, just, you're bored with it or you're not. Bored with the spirit of adventure, you're not. Just like you, Henry. Why, why are you people all awake already? It's not even morning. What are you well, doing? Mr. Whitbeer insisted that he wanted to watch me watch my watch. And I thought, well, okay, I could do it with the company. And then Neely came out because I was showing him how loud I could scream. And she said something <laughs> along the lines of, what the hell are you doing? It's 4 a.m. in the morning. Um and now you've you've woken up at five with a similar attitude. I think is that is that right, Neely, Mr. Whipper? Is that what's covered you? Well, you did bring all the good blankets as well. And Neely pulls like the beautiful crocheted rug over everyone's knees. Come and join us, Astrakhan. <laughs> I think it's quite right. beautiful, like the sun touching the mist. It's like it's a beautiful sight that we don't often always see. But I can see it any day. Like you you could come and sit and watch the show with me. Darling is just going to play it for me later when I'm properly awake after like coffee or something. Actually, can Darling dispense coffee? I, not, I mean, she used to dispense coffee until there was the incident with the soda water, but now soda water and coffee, you don't want bubbly coffee is what I'm saying. We can't do both. I mean, if, if you're interested, I could make some coffee. I, I'm pretty good at making things. Let me, Astrakhan, you can have my spot. And he jumps up quickly and goes into the kitchen. Uh, anyone, uh, sugars, uh, milk, we have oats. And almond, and moose, and and, and fat-free, and I, I think that's it. Unless anyone. Wants oh, there there should be some rat milk in there as well. Do you have any squid milk? Um, I'll I'll check. Um, he goes. There is, in fact, a little. There is a little black uh, container marked um, squid milk. It's basically ink. <laughs> I got squilk. Yeah, is this what you mean? <laughs> there's there's a skerrick left. One of you can have squilk. I'll I'll just have moose. It's fine. Moose is good. Okay. Um, and then, I really hope that's high in protein. <laughs> Henry starts going um, and uh, whipping up the coffee while leaving the other three on the uh, back of the ship. So Neely looks at beetle. Mr. Whitbar. Miss Neely looks at Mr. Whitbar and kind of motions with her head toward the like kitchen nook where Henry is, and then like you know, what about is now? Mr. Whipper obviously can read my mind because we've worked together for so many years and knows <laughs> about the shield that we have yet to present to Henry. Uh, I don't know. Mr. Mr. Whipper will, uh, will motion, like, cutting motion his neck, like, no, don't worry about it. Like, no, not, not yet. We'll, 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 you know, we'll, we'll make, him, make him go out with the, with the trash can. Yeah. <laughs> After he's done that, we'll be like, oh, no, no, that's too mean. Mr. Whipper. Okay. Oh. We didn't bring we, a trash can, can lid with us. Uh, got, yeah. <laughs> I'm making sure it's not very far away from it at any time. 
To be fair, there's always rubbish bins around. So we'll just steal the lids all, all the way along our path. I put extra lids in his uh, in his clothing as well. <laughs> Under his bedding. No. It's become a regular ritual over the past days of traveling where uh, you have a moment and he throws it out the window. It's I never want to see you again. And then there's another trash can lid waiting when he wakes up. How do you keep coming back? <laughs> I opens the cupboard to get the squilk and the lid falls out. <laughs> you hear it clanging to the ground. That was nothing. <laughs> you know, we don't worry until you say something like that. You hear the sound of a trash can lid being shoved into a low cupboard. It's fine. I just, I, I almost dropped the squilk. So, uh, you guys were watching the, are those miners in the masks? Yeah, but like adults. Most yeah, them, ad- adult miners. I, I, I believe there was some. that, Mr. Should I start using the term cave worker just to dip really <laughs> No, no, I think we no. need to establish that these are miners. <laughs> There's minor miners as well, just not in this group. Okay. <laughs> They're better because like sure there's no hand. child slavery occurring here in the town. There is Do you none. suppose there's a reason that they're wandering around this early in the morning? I mean, did, did they need to start early for some reason? Does it affect the mist? You can give me a 2d6 roll to see what you know, because this isn't kind of common knowledge. All right. I shall give that a shot. Uh, that's a four, so I'm guessing I don't really know. <laughs> no, it's a, so you, you could you suspect it might have something to do with the mist, but it's not something that would affect your ship, so you're not sure. Okay. I mean, do you know Neely? Are there tides or something? The currents and eddies of the mist are a mystery, even to those of us who ride above them. You would know that, Astrakhan. I have seen in recent times some changes, but maybe that's just... Maybe that's just a bit of rumour and myth. Ooh, ooh, maybe they'll know. I'm going to jump up in my half-asleep and mostly uncoordinated way and run over to the nearest group of miners and have a chat to them. I'm just super enthusiastic, so hopefully they don't think I'm aggressive. Are you still wearing your jammies? Yep. So that's not super aggressive. (laughs) So I was gonna, I was gonna absolutely just assume that you were still in your jammies. So they kind of, obviously, give you a, a, a side eye as you come up. They're kind of talking amongst themselves and making, drinking their own squ- uh, squilk uh, coffee, <laughs> caffeine, caffeine drinks. Um, they're kind of looking and say, "Well, it's our opinion that the mist doesn't like the sun, and we try and get started as soon as the sun rises outside." We, because we believe that it, it, it tends to burn back and leave some room down and the mist leaves the caves to try and fill uh, what's been burnt outside. It's uh-huh. hard to tell. It, it changes and, and different spaces open up down, uh, underneath underground all the time. But we try, we, we try and get as much of daytime as we can to try and get as deep as we can before nighttime returns. Fascinating. Has it changed recently at all? Or has it always been much the same like that? 
at this point, like the the one who sounds like the oldest kind of pushes the other two away and says, it's it's hungrier. It's it's trying to eat us all. And the other's kind of like, it's okay, Bob. It's, you know, it's it's not it's not a living thing. It's not gonna, it's not gonna try and take us. And they're kind of like this old human. They're just kind of like patting him down. Don't worry about Bob. He's just he's been at it for a bit longer and we feel the mist is, is starting to touch his mind. Um, mm-hmm. but he started to talk that as though it's some kind of living creature. Is that a common side effect in your elders? Does does it touch the mind over time with repeated exposure? To be honest, not many of us live long enough to become elders. Mm. Huh. Not just I'm you don't have so just the sorry. normal you don't just have the normal cave dangers of cave ins and and uh and dead ends. You've got potentially getting cut off by the mist returning and drifting and uh, not being able to get out. Mm. Yeah, that does sound bad. All right. Well, thank you so much. Mm. Have a great morning. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You too. too, And it gives you a little hat tip. Kind of looks back. They're clearly kind of like, (laughs) what what was with that? (laughs) As you you leave. I'm going to jog back to the ship. Like, so, Neely, the mist doesn't like the sun, and it might be alive. We should, we should, I wonder if I can get a sample and test it. Oh. I could probably find out. The mist can burn the skin. Those sailors who have been unlucky enough to venture close to it often have horrific scarring. Yes, but it can also get to the mind. The old guy was like, it's trying to eat us. Like it had intention of its own, which either means that it's doing something really funky in his brain or, and hear me out here, (laughs) the mist is a world-spanning living monster that's trying to eat us all, which, you know, from my perspective, that's equally likely. Yeah, Nearly sort of looks off to Mr. Whitburn, rolls her (laughs) eyes a little bit. I think, you know, I think you should go and draw some plans, Astrakhan, for what sort of device might help you scoop some mist. Yeah, we need like Ooh, a special kind of Excellent idea. Maybe we could dangle it off the edge and scoop out the mist as we go past. I, I'm absolutely going to go do that. I'm going to stop could, on like, my way for my coffee and start mm-hmm. making plans for a mist scooper. If you work out how to like <laughs> scoop it up, you could like bottle it and we throw it at people. Uh, Henry hands you the coffee to Astrakhan as she runs past eagerly and then here's the end of this conversation thinking they're completely serious. And his only thought is maybe I'm not made for this guys. I'm, I'm fairly <laughs> sure at least one of them is serious. <laughs> is it me? It might be me. <laughs> Can we say that Henry does the most amazing latte art? Like there's like a beautiful sky squid on top of my squilk cappuccino or something. <laughs> I'm so high arts learnt at uh, the posh houses. <laughs> I stuffed up one of the eyes. I'd make it again normally, but like I said, we're out of squill, so sorry. Don't worry, just live with your mistakes. <laughs> I like uh, kick Mr. Whipper under the crochet bra. <laughs> uh, he'll hand out the coffees and uh, sit there and, you know, snuggle in with his hot chocolate that he's made for himself and, uh, yeah, look up at either Mr. Whipper or Neely and just... Um, so uh, did Astrakhan find out if... They were minors or minors? <laughs> yeah, they're minors, but like adult minors. I'm never saying the M word ever again. 
<laughs> Be very careful when you say the M word. <laughs> really phonetically pronounce the letter M. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now you guys are on your own timetable. If there is something you wanted to do in town before lifting off, I don't think so. Not on Henry's part. If, I mean, we we had we would have been here for a few days, or if we just stopped in as the same night that we have previously. As this... at, at, at this point, it's the same night. As, oh, say sorry, next morning. Um, so it's up to you if you guys want to take a moment to. Uh, make some purchases, get some get some particular gear. You got a little bit of cash from your mail drops. Um, so if there's something little that you're looking for, they'll probably have it here. I think um, Henry would want to stock up on just ingredients, get some more squilk, and uh, <laughs> do the basic collection of things that he's going to cook for everyone for the next coming days. Other than there that, or okay. yarn for your crocheting. <laughs> he's got plenty of crochet yarn still. So aside from the from the squilk, um, the, the the other main kind of export of this place is eggs. Um, in fact, you, at this point in morning, squid eggs, the chickens. Ice eggs, no, eggs. Chicken, chicken eggs, jegs. I refuse. <laughs> no. <laughs> so they have a lot of chickens. There's, so you, at, at this point, you start hearing a whole bunch of clucking in the background as some of the chickens uh, start letting people know that they've just laid some eggs, nice. as they are want to do. Um, yeah, there's also a fair amount of goats in the area as well, if you guys want to pick up uh, any kind of goat uh, milk to take away as well, or goat or goat meat. It works well for curries. Uh, whatever you feel like. Does it go well crumbed? I'm not sure, to be honest. I think it's not so good. I think it's better slow cooked. Can we say that the chickens are fed in di- entirely on a diet of squid and so their eggs are, are quite squi- squeaky? Black eggs. I'll, I'll, given that chickens are technically omnivores, I will allow that they will, some of them uh, hatch black eggs. Nice. As a result of the ink transfer. Nice. Okay. Uh, Henry will make a large collection of eggs and... Uh, actual chicken. I don't think he's going to go with the goat this time. I think he's mm-hmm. in the mood for chicken and eggs. So he wants to kind of marinate the chicken in its own fetuses. Excellent. That's how he words it up to everyone to make sure that they know it's tender. So comfortable with that. Good, good. <laughs> Maybe some goat's cheese to stick inside the chicken that's mm-hmm. marinated. Don't be weird. <laughs> I, I can't actually help it. It's what I do. <laughs> um, so Neely helps Henry with his purchases, walks along. I think um, she's aware that Henry's maybe not being made to feel like the most useful member of the crew, especially inadvertently by her. Um, yeah. But at a certain point there's like potentially a notice board outside the post office and mm-hmm. she puts a note on the notice board with just a strange symbol on it um, and in a D and another symbol, a pictograph, and then just leaves it there. Does Henry notice her do this? Or is she doing it? I don't think you're trying to hide it, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think at that point, Henry will look up with his arm full of eggs and go, oh, what's that? Uh, That's the symbol of my old ship. The Amphitrity. Oh, Oh, and... uh, what are you trying to achieve by putting that there? Are you trying to find it, maybe? Uh, 
Yeah, sometimes things are lost and we need to work hard to find them, Henry. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know that feeling. I think I once knew a boy, not much, a little bit younger than you, and maybe I'd like to find him again. Well, I hope your symbols, and he looks up at the board, do that for you. Yeah. Thank you. Now, let me carry those squigs. Okay, but be careful. They're really slippery. It's, it doesn't make any sense as to why anyone would eat these. <laughs> um, great. We'll continue back to the ship, I guess. We picked yeah. up some mail to take as well. Did we last? You, you, you loaded it up last night, but yes. Yep. Great. All right, so you guys, you take off. You start heading off in the appropriate direction. Um, I won't make you roll for directions this time, but at some point during your journey, uh, nearly as you're flying over, you notice that there's like uh, almost like a cup. There's like a, a divot in the mist, and it just happens to be over what looks like some form of, of ruin that's normally covered by the mist, but it, it's but it's been revealed and uh, and potentially could be a location to, that you could sit down at. Normally these places are, are pretty untouched. I've seen these um, sort of hollows in the mist previously. It's, yeah, it's just, it's kind of like, just like a cloud formation, but like in reverse, so the winds kind of push the wind away for a little bit. They, they tend to be temporary. So there is potential that you might need to GTFO quite quickly if, if it starts <laughs> to close up. However, um, like I said, it, it's potentially also got a, a source of, of some form of, of uh, treasure hunting if you choose to make that stop. Uh, is Astrakhan on deck? Absolutely. It, Staring fixedly at the ruin with this eager, glittering eyes. <laughs> so I like point away from the ruin. What in the world is that? Um, I don't think it's successful in distracting you. I'm not going to even bother making any rolls on that one. No. <laughs> it's, it's, I've worked with you too long, nearly. I know what you're trying to do, but do you see, do you see what I see down here? Let's do you see. see the potential for things that no one has ever seen before? I see. I see a potential for a quick death. Now let's keep going. Uh, Harry, do you have uh, in your crocheted goods there? some crocheted blindfolds or something you can put over <laughs> Astrakhan's eyes as we get away from this area. But Henry, you want to be a hero, right? Yes. A hero by uh, not dying, buddy. Heroes face the look of death with bravery. I say, he swallows deeply, we go to the island and offers up a crisp high five for Astrakhan. High five. 100%. There is no force behind Henry's high five. <laughs> and, and Henry, I'm pretty sure that Mr. Whitbert had something for you. I think we did, didn't we, Mr. Whitbert? <clears throat> yeah, uh, there's a, a fountain door trash can that's. Oh. Uh, uh, thank, thank you. And. No, That's I really keep sad. the spot on Mr. Whitbus' shin in which by now this is developing because I've had to kick him quite often with regard to his treatment of Henry. Are you going to give it to him or am I just going to have to find it and give it to him? Fine. Henry's, 
getting really nervous at this point that it's another punch in the arm. <laughs> you know what? I, if Mr. Whipper doesn't want to give it, it I'm, I'm okay. I, I've got plenty of trash cans. Uh, Mr. Whitley is going to go up to the, the, the floor of the little ship and open up one of the, the storage cupboards in there and pull out the, the, the beak of the, um, of the squid and bring it back to Harry. You go, like, there's a thing we probably took you far enough with the trash cans. And given it's your first kill, made you a little something uh, that you could remember remember it by, and it should serve you a little bit better uh, than those trash cans. He um, looks up at it with absolute awe and takes it with two hands, reads the inscription on the back, to Harry. Wow, it's almost got my name on it. like the squid beak is like iridescent and nacreous and it's it's just like an incredibly beautiful shield oh it's I, absolutely iridescent and i will also add it has the effect um mr henry that once per battle you, you don't need to roll for your counter attack it will just connect due to oh, the, nature of the beak that's amazing i love it i will add that to my Traits. <laughs> Thank um, you. Uh, so, Astrakhan, Henry, I reckon we can give you three hours if we want to make it to our next destination safely by nightfall. That's all. Three hours. Okay. I steer can... down to the to the little hollow and the ruin. That's Sweet. all we need. And, three hours. Henry doesn't take his eyes off his reflection in the window. He's <laughs> just looking at himself and how he can do a cool pose with the shield and see which pose looks the best. Like, ha! Ooh! And that's his actions until he lands. All right, Mr. Whitman's gonna uh, climb up the rigging of the <laughs> of the boat with the binoculars of telescope that he's got, and mm-hmm. just look down at the the ruins to try and spot anything that looks particularly interesting that he can call mm-hmm. out to everyone else. Uh, and while everyone's down there, he's going to stay out there to, to watch for signs of the mist closing. Being as old he is, as he is, he's well experienced, understanding how the mist moves there. Beautiful. Can uh, can you give me a perception roll now, and we'll see how that plays out when it's relevant. Uh, yes, yes, I can. One second. Sorry. Two. I got a six and a four. Nice. So you will see trouble when it comes. Uh, I'll say as well that your craft, the Shining Beetle, has a megaphone system. So if you do need to get in everyone's attention, it should be loud enough, unless something terrible has happened. Oh. Okay. What can I see of the ruins <laughs> as, as we, we head down towards them? I think that's actually interesting. All that yeah, so basically it looks like it's a series of compounds. They're, they're square rectangular buildings. There's one that seems to be the main building and probably be the building that nearly lands the craft on top of. It's it's wide enough to take the shiny beetle on the roof. Uh, as you get closer, you realize that this is some form of dwarven architecture. It's quite severe, straight lines um, all the way through. These tend to be very functional buildings. Normally they don't, they wouldn't have built them up on the top of the mountains uh, back before the mist arrived. However, this could have been maybe some of staging ground as they evacuated or it could have been some kind of, uh, they might have been trying to keep it hidden away from other dwarves. 
Right, Harry, if you, if, you, if you didn't know this, this is uh, <coughs> dwarven buildings. So they're, they're miners. They look like miners, but they're actually adults, even though they're, they're miners. Uh, nearly rolls her eyes again. Um, three hours, guys. Let's get moving. Mr. Whitba, are you going to stay here with the craft? It's always a good idea to skip yep. the party. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, no, I'm not, I'm not going down the ground. I'm, uh, I, as we made clear this morning, I'm, I'm, my place is in the air up here, and I'm not going <laughs> to learn any of that ground. So. Born in the air, you know. We'll keep an eye on those mists. They're seldom like this. I think Henry steps forward with unjustified bravery being first onto the ramp to be lowered. Worry not, friends. I shall lead the way. And Astrakhan, if you could follow close behind, that would be great. <laughs> not a problem. I'm going to send Darling, my spider, spider bot, out to just have a quick scuffle around and see if there's anything interesting, just like, poker sensor into each of the buildings. All right. Uh, so what, what they get through is they don't notice anything moving. Um, I'll give you that much without needing you to roll. But if you could give me a, a, a perception roll just to m make sure of anything else. Okay. Now this is my spider. Which Does your spider have its own stats? Yeah, it, it does. does. Oh, man, that's and so awesome. It's got its own traits as well. Perceptive. Advantage when perceptive. testing to gain information about your surroundings. So I get advantage. Excellent. Correct. I thought that I'd... So, I remember my stats for the most part. Six. Yay. Nice. Um, but I keep forgetting Darling's stats. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing that Darling notices, um, so it can't get into the main building at all. It's it, it, There's not even any windows to peek mm. through. But what it does find is it finds a, some, a small number of crates in one of the side buildings, possibly some form of storeroom. And as it kind of lifts up the lid to see what's inside, there's a small number of gears and chains. Ooh. Possibly used by other golemancers. These, these I need to, these I need to see in person. I'm going to, sort of tug on Henry's sleeve and guide us towards the crates where Darling found them. Um, I'm following close behind as well. I feel Mr. Whipper has the ship and I I don't think that Astra can... Can, can be trusted yeah. alone. No, well, maybe not with the gleam of gears in your eyes, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. But also still feeling a bit protective of Henry. Worry not. Henry has a shield. He's invincible now and he knows it. Onward, he says, leading the way towards this. With Slayer. <laughs> so you guys, you guys run into that storeroom. Uh, effectively, Astrakhan, what you find is a small repair kit worth of gear, uh, gears and chains for Darling. Uh, nice. Not, not enough to kind of upgrade them or any way, but if you spend 10 minutes, you better recover three HP. Oh, sorry. No, you better cover uh, one HP to it because it only has one HP from memory, doesn't it? Yes. So you better uh, no, repair it. I've got me. I've got six HP. All right, Darling's... so I can repair three. Cool. She's <laughs> Darling's got twice the amount of HP as your tank. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Darling's actually the one who should be leading the way to any dangerous situation. <laughs> I think Henry has six HP. No, three. Really. 
Mm. Excellent. Good. I like that. <laughs> I only got four. <laughs> All right. Good. Good. Good times. I should adjust that. For some reason, my thing says four out of six health. So oh. I thought that was because I didn't heal up after my last battle. I will double check my information then. But regardless, so you've got this repair kit, uh, Estrakan. Um, most of the other places, most of the other storerooms, they, they've got the crates are empty. There's, there's broken down benches. There's a few tapestries here, here and there hanging on the walls, but they're pretty much rags at this point and, and worthless. Um, really, the only kind of potential point of interest would be that main uh, compound building at the, that I mentioned earlier. All right. Let's see if we can find a way into that compound building. Henry will continue leading the way, jumping around all corners with a ha and a ha, posing every time. Does it have a door that's just locked or does it not actually have any entrances? So as you get closer to the, to the main door and get a chance to inspect it, it does seem to be some form of, of um, well, it does seem to be locked. So you, you try and push, doesn't push, pull, doesn't pull. There's no handles really to to try and pull it open so you suspect that there is some form of of puzzle or or potentially even a trap mm. well negotiation guys huddle i can either ask darling to just try to pick the lock because she's really good at this stuff or i can try to build a completely new device specifically to open the door what about a bomb that's faster uh, that might set off a trap if there's a trap. Could stand back? What sort of trap? <laughs> I'm looking, I, do we have like ye olde time devices, Dan? Like, or I'm just it's ba to Basically, it's a, your, your time device is a fuse. Yeah, so I look up, I look up at the, I mean, I'm just looking up at the sky to see, and like we're, we're, we've spent a fair bit of time at this point in the ruins, and I, I, this device would have to be something you can, can construct very quickly, Astrakhan. All right. How about, how about I do both? I'll ask Darling to try to pick the lock while I try to create a device from any of the leftover gears and things from those crates to open the door if she doesn't manage to pick the lock. Okay. Uh, Henry, come and stand over here. I've known that these, <laughs> found that these things can often be trapped. Henry looks over at the spider and just gives a knowing nod as if you can make soda water, you could do this. And <laughs> he says to Neely, worry not, if there is an explosion, I shall protect you from it. And then he jumps in front of her with a ha and poses with the shield. No, like nearly just grabs his arm and physically drags him back. Ow, ow, okay, stop, ow. <laughs> um, and then heavy. she notices that there's still a bit of calamari on his cheek and wipes it off with her sleeve. <laughs> hey, I was saving that. Okay, Astrakhan, darling, you're on. All right, so Astrakhan, I'll get you to roll uh, 3d6, giving you a coming up with creative solution to a problem, which is a, a gnomish expertise. And I'm just going to double check, darling. I'll darling. take the evade action. <laughs> Good so call. That, that's a that's uh, a four on my creative solution. That's right. So you're you're lagging behind, but your spider golem is nim is uh, nimble fingers, which means yes. that they've got advantage to try and uh, work out what's going on with this door. Okay. Five and a six. Nice. Nice. 
So you, you're just starting to, to kind of push the gunpowder inside this bomb. But, you, <laughs> but what you do notice from, uh, from Darling is they found, they've gone to the bottom left corner of the door. They've managed to uh, find the hinges and unscrew the hinges enough. Oh, that, like, that's Sticking cunning. its legs under to be able to uh, make the door drop. I love you, darling. You're such a good spider. All right. Uh, it, what do you see beyond? It's a it's a hot corridor. There's, it's wide enough for you guys to go two by two. So could I get a marching order? Who's going to be the first two through the door? Is it dark in there? Oh, pitch black. There's no light at all. All you can make out is this tunnel. I think Henry will say, Neely, I got something for this. Hold this in the hands of the shield and runs back to the ship. <laughs> Mr. <Whipper laughs> and then grabs his torch and, you know, flint and steel and starts trying to light it up the way over really clumsily because you can't, you need two hands to light it. By now, you're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> and uh, runs back with the torch. So he'll have a torch in one hand and his shield in the other. I'll take that back. Thanks, Neely. And <laughs> allow me, I shall lead the way into this dark unknown cavern as reality sets in and you'll... i'm right behind you henry uh, thanks mm-hmm. um all right so, here we go so, you're, so henry you go you go through the door does darling is darling by his side or darling's hanging yeah back? i think darling's probably by his side or mm-hmm. at, at knee level by his side <laughs> excellent. excellent so henry and darling you pass through the doorway Oh, there's no, there was no trap. You guys passed through. No problems at all. Uh, Astrakhan, you you follow shortly after, I assume? Yep. Excellent. Neely, yeah. you're the only one who's taller than a dwarf. Oh, oh my. I'm quite tall. So if you could give me, if you could give me a 2d6 roll as you avoid, as you try to avoid the trap that was meant for anybody taller than dwarfs. <laughs> Oh, I did not avoid that trap. <laughs> Two and a four. Uh, Sorry, Neely. I didn't is, think to look up. Is this a situation where my defender trait could act? Unfortunately not, because it's not really it's not really an attack. Yep, but instead fine. what 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 happens, Neely, is you uh basically walk straight onto this razor sharp, very thin wire that was set at about shoulder height and you lose one HP. Youch. Ouch. Henry freaks out. What? What happened? What? Oh my God! You're bleeding. No, I think I think nearly takes it without very much noise. And Henry, who's a few meters in front, wouldn't really have known what went on. Strike everything I just said. I was preparing for the worst. <laughs> yeah, nearly just doesn't this. want to spook the halflings, so mm-hmm. they're taking yeah. it in their stride. Very understandable. Henry turns um, to the spider. It's actually safer than I thought it would be. <laughs> it's it says by tapping its feet on the ground. <laughs> ah, good one. What did she say, Astrakhan? <laughs> she said you're right. I have oh. no idea what the conversation is. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> yeah. So you guys continue on. Uh, eventually, you come across doors on the left and right, obviously to rooms within this uh, within this compound. Which way do you guys want to go? Oh, straight ahead. So which way do you guys want to go? Henry would suggest turning to the left and checking that area. 
I, I just think mm -hmm. that if if we if we're continuing on, we should always make sure that nothing's going to come up behind us. So let's let's do the left and then the right, and then we'll continue on. Assuming these are just rooms, is that okay with everyone? Yes, uh, I think that's, nearly, that's logical. You nearly will make a mark on the walls and the dusty walls um, with like like her machete, their machete, so that it's uh, clear which way they've come. Henry looks back at the mark and thinks, she's probably not going to find that younger boy here. Weird place to put a mark. <laughs> Maybe they were a dwarf. <laughs> uh, then continues into the room on the left. Excellent. Um, same marching order? He asks for no reason? Yep. Very well. So you guys... And we don't, che we don't check for traps because... Nearly was no, so nearly quiet. being very no. Nearly is being very careful. I think Astrakhan, you noticed. I just didn't want Henry to know. And I okay. am uh, walking like in a stooped fashion and being very careful <laughs> with the new holes in my amazing leather jacket. Very well. Uh, so you guys enter this room. Uh, there's no getting around this Astrakhan. This is some form of laboratory. So what you see Ooh. is there seems to be four large pillars going from floor to ceiling, uh, kind of irregularly spaced around the wall. Uh, you see on the, in the middle of the room a very large table with what are clearly some form of golemansa ends and bits and bobs. Uh, you see that there's some form of filing system close by as well, and uh, and you can see that there's multiple sconces for some form of powered light. To be, to, be, to be turned on and there is a, a switch on the left hand to the left of the door. I try to resist the temptation. I do try, but I fail. I flip the switch on the wall. Very well. Uh, very, very dim electric light <laughs> starts buzzing through the, the room. You no longer need a torch to see. You can quite clearly see everything in this room. There's nothing kind of waiting in the shadows at all. Uh, you guys are welcome to English. Henry walks in, checking all the corners and making sure that there's nothing clinging to the roof that could leap down on him. He wants to make there's sure nothing, this place is safe. There's nothing in the roof. There's nothing in the corners. And Nilly waits in the doorway just in case anything were to come from behind them. Smart move. Do you, do you guys approach that table? Absolutely. Specifically the filing cabinet, in fact. Information mm -hmm. first. Henry will so... walk around and check all the corners <laughs> for the room. All right. Nothing in the corners. But as you reach for the information held in the filing cabinet, those four pillars, uh, a side of each of them drops open and four human-sized golems come out as some form of security defence system that would not affected by the mist. And I'll get you guys, you three, to roll uh, initiative. Oh, God, no! Uh... <laughs> <laughs> is that 2d6, Dan? So... so, yeah, 2d6, add your totals. And if you could send them to me via the chat, so help me track who, who rolled what. Okay. <laughs> Solid three. Doing well, Solid team. Six, yeah. Good job, Henry. Doing a one. Nine. So, so, so the initiative is six, three, and nine. Normally, there should mean um, that um, there's a chance I'd even go forth. I got two ones, so you guys are all <laughs> going to act. Uh, 
wow. before the goblins <laughs> do. Somehow, despite the fact that they should have had the drop on you, they did not. Uh, so Astrakhan, you go first. So you see this dan- you hear this danger as they uh, as the walls fall away and these creatures attack. Out of curiosity, in uh, the tiny dungeon we're playing, is it all mm-hmm. enemies have the same initiative? Is that a rule or is that a, your choice? I'm, I'm going to call it a, a Dan choice for simplification of combat. Yeah, makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right. Aggressive-looking golems in a laboratory which contains nothing except potentially interesting information and some bits and pieces on the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're they're all armed as well with short with swords. Retreat. <laughs> I am going to go back to the doorway where Neely mm-hmm. is. And this did this room have a door at all? It didn't have a door, did it? Well, it had the door that you guys came in from. As uh, given that you're right next to the table, you can try and grab something from the table as you go past. You can spend an action just to yoink the biggest thing. Yeah, I I yoink the most interesting looking thing from the table, mm-hmm. and then I retreat back to the doorway. Um, especially because my only combat abilities are ranged. I mean, I Fair could enough. try stabbing somebody with a throwing knife, but I don't think that works too well on golems. Unfortunately, not. <laughs> So, yeah, so that's your turn in that case. Uh, mm-hmm. Coming up next is uh, Astrik, uh, no, Astrakhan and Neely, you're up. Yeah, uh, so I shout, Henry, we're out of here. Um, and then I step forward to cover his retreat. Um, mm-hmm. And then perhaps I place my hand or no, maybe get within like a very close distance from the nearest golem and... Um, summon the magic in my hands to like uh, agitate the electrons in the air and send like an electric shock through to the closest golem. Go oh, go for it. Um, how many do I roll three? If it's it's two d six for magic for your magic attacks. Um, okay, a five and a one. Five is successful. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you 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 reach through and connect through electricity. These things are basically clockwork. So um, it's not quite so while it does certainly damage it it doesn't overload them or anything like that but it but the closest one does take one damage uh henry what would you like to do hearing neely's order he will run back to the doorway and stand Mm -hmm. in front of astrakhan and then take the evade action ready himself to block anything that might come in from these Golems that could affect his two crewmates. I got this, guys. I got this. <laughs> so, on their turn, uh, there, there, there are four of them. Two of them head straight to that filing cabinet and start wailing on it. You see sparks and and lightning kind of shoot out from this filing cabinet before they they smash it to bits. Uh, the other two are going to cl- are going to close on you guys as the actual intruders. Uh, Henry, oh, they're going to attack twice each. Oh, sorry, once each. So total of two. Great. They really suck at their jobs as guards, and neither of them managed to even try and connect with you, Henry. Lovely. I think I can use my opportunist. Can I use my squid shield to actively automatically counter? 
Yeah, yeah. So you connect with you automatically counter with one, yep. and uh, the other one you'll need to roll for. Excellent. Let's do it. I roll a six and a five. I love it. Nice. So, uh, yeah, one of them. So you, hit, you managed to hit one of the ones that was hit by the lightning, and the other one as well. So you kind of both so times just just bashing them with the torch that he's got in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> Take that. And then... It's surprisingly effective. <laughs> now, uh, back around to the top. Uh, Neely, you're up. I think Astrakhan first. Oh, sorry, Astrakhan. Apologies. Yep. That's all right. In the meantime, while I'm standing behind Neely and Henry safely mm-hmm. in the doorway, I've been constructing a little, uh, well, it's kind of a clockwork adaptation of a throwing knife that hopefully I can toss into the gears of one of these golem things mm-hmm. and get it stuck in the joints to actually make the whole golem seize up. So right, I'm going to call this an attack with disadvantage, but it will effectively paralyze one if it's successful. Okay. So I'm not sure if that uses my throwing knives or my magic. It's kind of halfway in between. Yeah. I'll, I'll call it, I'll, I'll call it a spell touched attack. Okay. But yeah, just due to the effect, basically it's going to have a large effect, so it'll stop them from being able to move further. Yep. So disadvantage means I roll only one die. Correct. Yep. Okay. Five. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So you, which I should have clarified this earlier, but are you going for the ones that are menacing Henry, or for one of the ones that are attacking that uh, filing cabinet? Uh. There are four of them, right? In total. Yeah. Henry seems to have the ones in front of him under control. I'll aim for one of the ones that's attacking the filing cabinet because that just seems really odd to me. All right. So one of them, so you managed to get it in. in. It's still like attacking. Its arms are still working, but you, it, its legs are no longer working. So it, it kind of falls over, but continues with its mission to destroy whatever's inside that cabinet. Okay. Uh, nearly. You're, oh, sorry. You still got another action if you'd like to take it. Oh, okay. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to electrocute the other one that's attacking the filing cabinet. Just like Excellent. toss lightning at it. Uh, that roll that hasn't worked you... well for me before, but you know, it's always uh, the first time. I like the idea. This is effectively you throwing batteries. <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Like, take that. Take that. <laughs> Here's a nine volt. Six. <laughs> Six. Nice. Uh, so one of them. So I'm going to assume this is the one that was already hit by electricity from nearly. Nearly. It's on its last legs, but um, it's certainly. But you definitely connect with it as you throw double A's at it. <laughs> Here's something I prepared earlier. Uh, nearly, you're up. Okay, so I think my machete won't have much impact on them out of metal, right? I mean, it's still, it would still attack um, as you go for it. But right now, the, the bigger problem more is that Henry's in effectively in the doorway, standing between you and them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I might try another spell. I'm going to try and freeze the one one of the ones that's attacking henry 
Reverend. Okay. How many dice was that? <laughs> <laughs> two, not successful, sadly. <laughs> um, a three and a two, so. Yeah, so just to be clear, a maximum of three dice at any time? It did sound. Two dice. Like it was two dice. <laughs> it just sounded um, like there was 20. <laughs> no, it's rolled really far across the table. <laughs> they were all failures in any case, so that's fine. So um, this, that one falls short, but you still have a second action. Okay, yeah, so I'm going to try it again. I'm going to, like concentrate a little bit harder, get the feeling of cold and like run it through the air into its joints. Um, yeah, a six and a two. Nice. So you freeze up the one uh, that's more heavily damaged and it, it kind of locks up and then just topples over sideways. There's still one menacing Henry. The other two are still wailing on that filing cabinet. Wow. I really want to know what's in there. Thank you, Nelly. <laughs> he leaps up and looks at his newly frosted tips. And I believe it's his turn, yeah? Yes, absolutely. All right. I will use my first action to wail upon this remaining golem mm -hmm. with the torch. A six and a two, doing well, Henry. Yeah. So you've got, uh, what, what's your main weapon again? Uh, currently, it's usually a short sword, but he's currently wielding ah. a torch because Excellent. I needed light. Fair enough. So you 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 smack it with the torch, and you manage to uh, to melt away part of the clockworks, uh, keeping its left arm on, and it kind of starts jittering with that with that particular arm. Excellent. And I will use my second action to evade. Good call. So with the the two that are wailing on the uh, filing cabinet, if they finish, they take one last smack. One of them walks over to Henry. So there's once again two with him. The other one uh, uh, tries to move but does not and so it realizing the problem it tries to free itself it manages to remove the part that was keeping it paralyzed the little uh, throwing knife part but has already used this action to try and move before that the one that's on top of henry tries to attack misses henry you've got another free yep, swing at i it. will use my free attack swing at it uh, double six is that a crit you finish it off. Yeah, take that. <laughs> Henry, like, nice. he 100% believes that this is the shield doing all the work. It's imbued <laughs> with powers of unknown strength. Excellent. Uh, that's their turn. So right back around to the start. Astrakhan, you've got one on top of Henry. You've got one that's about to start running over and hitting him. And there are only the two left? In this room. Right. <laughs> yeah, in this room. He's, he said menacingly. <laughs> Hopefully these four waking up hasn't woken up any others in the rest of the compound, she said, regretting <laughs> already, suggesting that that might have happened. <laughs> All right. Um, well, those batteries worked pretty well, so I'm going to try tossing some more batteries at the one that's attacking Henry. Oh, lucky oh. batteries, am I right? <laughs> I know, right? All power corrupts, but we need the electricity. All right, roll for it. Six. I like these All dice. Right. I do you're, well today. This is so much better than last time. You're, you're, I know. Your your battery launching has an effect. <laughs> I'm trying to use, avoid the word tossing after that comment from Henry. <laughs> oh, uh, come on. <laughs> Uh, if nothing else, this episode is teaching me to watch my to choose my words more carefully. Uh, 
Uh, Astrakhan, you still got a second action if you'd like to attack or run or do something else? Um, so the the golems have basically destroyed the filing cabinet, and they're both. So they seem to have destroyed whatever was inside it to the to whatever they were, to the level they were programmed to have done. I really want to know what that was now, but there's still two golems in the room, which seems dangerous. Mm. I'm going to send Darling <laughs> to sneak around the the side of the lab being as sneaky as she can be and have a look at the filing cabinet and try to see what was inside it that they've destroyed and how destroyed it is. Well, so Darling is a, as a spider bot can basically climb along the roof. I'll get mm-hmm. you to give it a, a 2d6 roll to uh, make it that far without getting intercepted by the one in the doorway and in front of Henry. All right. So Darling, who apparently I chose all the best traits, Darling is also sneaky, so gain advantage when testing to hide or sneak around without others noticing you. Oh, I'm, I'm starting to regret this bot already, but yes. <laughs> it, it will eventually do something without advantage. You know that, right? It will. But, you know, the great thing is, the whole point of Darling was that she's no good at combat. She's just good at everything else. I'm imagining this point where we're all TPK'd and then <laughs> the invincible spider is the only recurring character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's a, a one, a four, and a five. So I think that is a success. It is an absolutely success. Uh, so you managed to, so it comes through. It um it uses its little recording eye to pick up what's inside. Uh, it it comes back that it doesn't really recognize what's there, but you can replay uh, what's it kind of looks for a gap and has gets has some information of what was in there. All right, cool. Uh, that's your turn. So Neely, you're up. Um, okay. So, um, sorry, there's a golem still standing near Henry and I. Yeah. So one of the, so one of the golems that was smashing the filing cabinet has finished and mm-hmm. started attacking Henry. There's right. another one that was paralyzed, but it's managed to re- remove the knife that, that was paralyzing it and is about yeah. to run okay. over and start beating on him too. Okay, so I'm going to go for the one that's near Henry uh, again. I'll try and uh, freeze its joints. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> can you crit fail? I just rolled two ones. I think you can, actually. Yes, <laughs> oh, no. you can. It's, it's, a, it's an option rule, but given I just gave uh, 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 Henry a critical success, I've got to invoke a critical failure. Um, <laughs> no. So not only do you fail to freeze this creature, uh, it, it, um, it basically takes you lose the ability for the rest of this fight to use your spell touched. <gasps> As you kind of overload yourself and, uh, and fr- effectively freeze, your, freeze yourself up. Dang it. Okay. So you can, still another action. So you still um, another action. So you can spend that to tr- like try and leap over Henry and this yeah. thing to get behind it. Yeah. Can I do it a bit like a leapfrog? So like 
I just kind of put both hands on Henry's shoulders and vault over him. <laughs> like, Only if it's on top of his head and not his shoulders. Okay. I'll put it on top <laughs> of his that's, head. Because that's um, the height that he would be at for you. Okay. Yeah. All right. I shall do thus. And uh, is this, with, this is not with advantage, right? So I just get two or? This, this would be 2d6 to kind of land with any kind of grace. Okay. Six and three. Nice. So, yeah, you, you absolutely leapfrog over his head and land behind him. Uh, basically, it does unfortunately mean you're surrounded by golems, but one's more interested in Henry, so it, it's unlikely that uh, you're going to get surrounded. Yeah, I'd rather they're attacking me than Henry anyway. Fair enough. Uh, Henry, you're up. Henry looks as amazement as nearly does a free willy jump over his face into a <laughs> giant boot print across his face now. <laughs> Just, wow! Uh, I will... I'll have Henry take a swing again at this one threatening him. Yep. Go for it. A six and a one. Doing well, Henry. Loving Connects. it. Connects. Connects. Uh, and as per the norm, I will take the evade action. Frankly, it's not Sergio at all this time because my guys aren't even rolling fives, let alone sixes, <laughs> but that's okay. So that's your, that's your turn. The one in, in front of you is going to swing twice. As per its tradition, as per its programming, connects one. So give me an evade roll. Finally, your evasion action comes in. I know. I shall Daddy. use it. Uh, two twos failed. All right. So you take one point of damage. Finally. Oh. Um, but you get to retaliate on the second attack as it rolls a two and a one. I shall do just that. And <laughs> crit fail. Oh no. <laughs> Ones. Right. What's going on? So, so here's what happens there. So basically, it tries to to hit you if you its sword. You spin around and try and hit it on the back on the backhand. You miss, and so it does the same thing and similarly spins around, but without moving its feet, like its waist spins around <laughs> and catches you on the third attack in this one single oh, action. Gosh, yeah. So I take so another point of damage. You take an extra point of damage. Uh, nearly this one, the one behind closest to you comes up to you and, and will tries to get you. Mm -hmm. Uh, it critical fails, yes, <laughs> <laughs> because that's my life at tonight, apparently. Uh, <coughs> I'm just I'm gonna say with that one, it just I'm gonna put it out of its misery, it's being paralyzed, it's just run a crit fail, it reaches for you, and then it's so old, it falls in it basically cracks in half and falls over no longer a fresh <laughs> with the one remaining one astrakhan would you like to finish it off yes yes i would uh go for it i'm gonna go for another battery throw all right roll roll to battery <laughs> battery oh my god we haven't made an assault and battery joke yet oh. <laughs> henry well, breaks out this... the salt <laughs> this may count four and a five uh, so it connects absolutely um it's on its last legs so you could go again more more salt in these more batteries, batteries. <laughs> a one and a six you finish it off it collapses in pieces excellent right now darling what was that that you were saying uh, well, you can go over to Defiling Cabinet if you like. There's nothing between you mm. and it. I, I will. Right. But I also wanted to know if the spider had any any insight. So, so when you get to Defiling Cabinet, it's it's cracked open. You can kind of, like, 
between the three of you, you can pull it open. Uh, what you find inside is basically clay tablets that have been smashed to pieces. So mm. what confused Darling was it basically looked like there was a bunch of sand in there and didn't realize that there were whole pieces as well. When you look at them, basically it's fragments of some form of dwarven documentation of what they were working on here. But given that it's been uh, broken, that it's been broken up, you know, unlike and part of part of, parts of it literally to dust. It's unlikely to provide any information to you. It looks like this is a, a last ditch effort to make sure nobody unauthorized managed to get this information. Uh, that's a shame. Henry will pull himself up on the ground because if he does only have three health, he's on one. If he has <laughs> four health, and more than that, he's on higher. But I just imagine he's just got this big swollen black eye. And like, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time to get back to the ship. Yeah, we we did. Uh, Let's just poke our heads into the room on the left and see what's in there. Yeah, just... that's what you said about this room, Astrakhan. Was <laughs> the door on the left? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you guys head to the next room. Um, or do you, gonna, to or, or do you choose a... to retreat? Can we call Mr. Whitber, please? <laughs> okay, I'm just going to put my arm around Henry's shoulder and stooping low so I don't get decapitated by any wires. Um, start heading back. Astrakhan, we need you. We don't have any more time. All right, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just open the door and look, just really quickly. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, just out of curiosity because I like tension. When you open doorways, do you twist the handle left or right? <laughs> oh, well, Astrakhan is mostly right-handed, although ambidextrous for using tools to make golems. So I twist the handle right. There is a, an extra click as you turn the handle. Uh-oh. When you open the door, nothing happens, but you see there's some kind of flexible uh, joint attached to the door and leading up to the roof. It appears that left would have been the wrong way to go. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. Inside I'm, the room. Uh, and now you, you, every door I open for the rest of time, I'm going to turn it to the right. <laughs> um, this room appears to be some form of sleep, sleeping quarters. So it's very Spartan, uh, very sparse. So there's two bed frames, the, the mattresses of melted away at this point. Uh, you, there's a couple of chests, but they've seemed to have fallen into disrepair as well and collapsed in on each other. Uh, you can try and search more, but your friends are currently about to walk out the back, the front door. Best you can. All right. All right. Yeah. I go and trot after them. I'm Mr. going Whitler. to keep, keep an eye out for anything that I can pick up on the way. <laughs> At this point, you start seeing that while the mist on the outside is starting as kind of keeping its distance, and, and you have they have some time, you do not you you do notice that there's like a cloud drifting, a rogue cloud, effectively starting to drift between you and them. If you could make me a piloting roll to try and get up and over this in time before they walk into it. Uh, two. Nice. <laughs> It's two dice. dice for you. You, you. you lack the expertise, but you lack, but you get, have the ability. I got a four and a six. 
Nice. So I you noticed you this cloud. Two. <laughs> two? No, no, sorry. Oh god. <laughs> so basically, using the it's a small cloud. Basically, using the shining beetle's wings, you manage to push the cloud far enough away that it it, it doesn't cover the door, and the your compatriots are able to get in without causing any issues. We 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 do a rolling pickup, you know. I saw the I saw the cloud coming coming out towards us. I've rolled up the anchor already. I've I've rolled the ramp so they can they can jump on as the ship is still moving. Do do we need laser swords as we jump onto the ship with this ramp open? You can't throw me. I can't I can't leave that high. Astrakhan's a gnome. I'll throw you. Um, <laughs> I did mean nearly. I'm just. Um, um, you're quite a poorly done halfling, but I do manage to get you on, I hope. Um, yes. So I think the moment that I'm on the ship, I'll just sort of kind of sort of stand anxiously next to Mr. Whitfer, who's steering the ship, and sort of just sort of gently slide him across. <laughs> take, take, take the helm. I'll go get some more speed. So like, I'm, I'm, yes. Mr. Whitfer's happy to pass off the helm. So like, some people as soon as Neely is on board. Yes, yes. <laughs> Okay, great. <laughs> so, so nearly with your practice die, you reckon you only had about a half hour left on the site before it's before the myth sort of started coming over it again. So okay. you're, you're 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 dead on the money with the three hour window. Yeah, that's our role. <laughs> all that practice, you're just that good. <laughs> also, because she rolls twenty dice at once. <laughs> <laughs> Take the average. <laughs> now, so what, I, what was the thing that I picked up from the table? I was go, about to ask you if you could give me effectively a golem answer roll as it appears to be something that that um can be attached to uh things to golems. Nice. You might be able to work that out. Right. So give me three D6 given your expertise in that matter. It's a coffee replacement part for spider. <laughs> I got five. Nice. So what you realize very quickly, it's it's too large to be attached to to Darling, mm-hmm. but it appears to be some form of Tesla coil. It's a lightning gun. With nice. some with some time and ability to work outside of the ship, there's a chance you could attach it to Shining Beetle. Damn. Shiny beetle with a sting. Yeah. <laughs> Can you attach it, it to its bottom? <laughs> Sorry, it's I think it, it, it might be less useful that way, but yeah, I probably could. That's much more fun. Well, d- depends if you're running away from something while shooting at it. Yeah. <laughs> true, true. I mean, just attach it to a turret would be fine. Shoot it in all directions. <laughs> Excellent. So many options. So. so at this point, we're going to fast forward a little bit. There'll be a moment of fast travel as you guys leave uh, this Dwarven Ruins. Uh, over the next few days, you guys continue on towards the capital, towards Bastion. Uh, I'm going to ask each of you basically randomly about events that happen on this time to fill that that week, couple of week long gap. Uh, Astrakhan, at what terrible mistake almost cost the ship in the, in the next two weeks that you made? <laughs> so... When we when we stop and camp for the night one evening, I determine that now is the right time to start attaching the lightning gun to the shiny beetle. I don't check with Neely before I start. 
And unfortunately, half attaching the lightning gun to the shiny beetle isn't really a great time to have to leave suddenly when a beast that none of us have run into before runs out of the woods or shrubbery on our little island and we have to leave very quickly. So um, I almost cause us to crash because I've thrown off the balance of the ship completely without telling Neely about it in advance. Excellent. Uh, Neely, what punishment did you did you either secretly or otherwise <laughs> inflict on Astrakhan for messing up your ship? I'm sorry, Neely. Um, yeah. Uh, punishment for Astrakhan is that they have to um, give me, uh, by the time we get to the capital, I expect <laughs> the ship to be at least 20% faster. Um, and mm-hmm. if they can't meet that target, then there'll be a further punishment. Very well. Uh, it also keeps could... Astrakhan very busy and out of my hair for the entire trip. Excellent. So uh, one way you could do Astrakhan is toss one of your players out, one of the other players out. <laughs> 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 but I'm not going to offer that as an option. Uh, we'll work that out later. Uh, Henry. At one point, you managed to find some amazing exotic instrument uh, ingredient uh, that pairs amazingly with some of the ingredients you guys have collected so far. What is the perfect meal that you cook with this, and what what was the ingredient? I think the ingredient was uh, some of the it was some excrement that comes from the beast that was chasing the ship down when we were taking <laughs> off. And so Henry was out thinking, oh, I'll find some herbs. And he found this really unique smelling thing. It turns out to be some kind of beast excrement, but it's fantastically flavored. It tastes like rainbows. And as such, he cooks up the squid eggs with this rainbow flavor. And it's a party in your mouth. But Henry doesn't tell them what the secret ingredient is. Given that there wise. is... There's a creature called a luwak who everyone eats its uh, it eats coffee beans and people then use the coffee beans uh, that it, it leaves behind. The loopy <laughs> <laughs> All right, and finally, Mister Whitber, uh, it probably becomes more obvious as you guys get closer to the capital. But how are you trying to slow down everyone reaching the capital subtly? Oh well, you know it, it's it's. Dangerous out here in the in, in the open uh, over the open fist, and um, every time we, we we get a chance to to, to stop it, it's it's we should, we should take it. You know, you don't want to you don't want to risk it, especially in a small ship like this. It would it's you know not, not like the big one we're used to. So you don't want to you don't want to risk pushing pushing your luck at the end of the day. Uh, any, any chance to get, we, we should we should we should stop. We should take our time. You know, this this place that we stopped at needs a need someone to go take mail. Uh, not directly on the path that we that we're going, but you know we should take it anyway. Get this this extra money. Henry backs you wholeheartedly, but <laughs> only because those extra stops are usually in villages with extra comfortable hotels. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. Checkouts at ten. We got to use the whole time, guys. <laughs> Make the most of your money. Yeah, you don't want to get. You don't want to get. No, no point rushing the bastion. It's going to be there the whole time. It's not like it's not like one of the moving cities that they have that base. Mm-hmm. Now, so, uh, out of character, mm-hmm. 
Mr. Whippers trying to slow us down. That's what's happening here. <laughs> oh, the, the, no, 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 no. I'm just trying no. to make sure that we're safe. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He's, he's, he's just cautious is what he is. Apparently um, so. Apparently but, so. But all might be revealed as you've reached the city. It's the, its full name is the Bastion of Glacia, but most people refer to it simply as the Bastion. It's this... Effectively, it's the Mount Everest of this world. It's the, it's the, it was the tallest mountain, still is, effectively. Uh, but every millimetre of it is covered in residences. There's uh, probably several thousand people now living on this mountaintop. Uh, and as you guys fly up, you can see new construction skirting the very top of the, the, very top of the mist and potentially very dangerous. Uh, as you guys fly over the top, you see small gardens and and lives and small amounts of livestock, chickens, things that you can fit in the backyard, uh, but not much else in the way of farmland or anything like that. Um, you guys know from having been here before, this this town is completely reliant on or, on the Oracle class ships delivering food and other supplies. And in fact, there is one currently docked at the at the um, at the docks. You can't miss it. You're not sure which one it is, though. You land. Uh, you guys are given your own security passes for the Shining Beetle. And uh, and you walk out. And straight away, you see what looks like the entrance to a very large bakery. And it looks like, at first glance, that there's a massive signage. On one side, it looks like an extremely oddly drawn um dragon it looks like the badly taxidermied otter of dragons it's just badly stretched <laughs> out its wings are, are not in proportion to what you expect any uh wings to be made it's it's holding uh donuts and like it looks like it's trying to breathe fire as though it's breathing fire for on it uh, it is the name of the place known as Skits Bros, Goblin Bakery and Confectionery, Purveyors of Finest Breads, Cakes, Tarts and Sweets. None of this is what gives you pause. What gives you pause is the second figure on the sign, which looks like Mr. Whitbear, but slightly fatter, slightly younger. Very quickly, I imagine, Mr. Whitbear, you, the second you realise you guys have noticed this, you grab it, you grab it and say, this way, guys, and drag them away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we should uh should get to taking that mail. Uh, those towns. Henry looks at the figurine of the the imagery that looks just like Mister Whitbur and thinks to himself, I, "Am I racist, or do they all look the same?" <laughs> there, I wasn't going to bring that up, but yes. <laughs> Henry doesn't. There is say a bit anything. of that. He quickly scurries after Mister Whitbur. <laughs> So Neely obviously has noticed Mr. Whitber delaying their arrival at Bastion and, like many, has puzzled for like a decade or more over Mr. Whitber's mysterious past um, and makes a note to perhaps get Mr. Whitber drunk at some point and pump him for information about this mysterious sign. Well, you can, you can certainly try it, right? everyone. Every other time someone's tried that, as uh, they've ended up on a four. Yeah. So uh, you guys managed to find an inn. You deliver the post. You managed to, given that you guys have made a few stops along this point, you've managed to reach 160 gold, 40 gold each. Yeah. Uh, 
between between you. Uh, you also get to level up. So <gasps> Tiny Dungeon doesn't have an official leveling up mechanics. It's got a few suggested ones. For you guys, it means that you guys get to pick a new trait. Awesome. Ooh. Uh, so I'll let you guys have a think about that, and we'll talk about that off off mic. If you guys want to make any specific choices. Um, I, I think, think there's we'll that trait that's just godlike ability. I think if I'll take that one, <laughs> any objections you guys like to yeah. Uh, I, while I convince uh, Daniel of that, thanks everyone for listening. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. <laughs> oh, I just, I'll, I'm going to give you guys one another epilogue, Ooh, similar fancy. to what Ooh. we did last time. Nice. So, uh, somewhere else, far away, there is a little figure desperately trying to avoid spider webs as they climb up and over crates that have spread throughout. In another place, somewhere else, a blue figure is inside a tent and trying to make a decision about when to reach out to you guys. And elsewhere, there's a group worshipping at the altar of a dragon. (gasps) And There's so much going on that we don't know about. I know, I can't wait. (laughs) Also, I I have this really guilty feeling like maybe we should have discovered somebody in that ruin who was alive and... Potentially. I'll never know. <laughs> we'll never know. They wanted to be rescued. They could have, like, outside at any point. <laughs> I want to know what's going on with you, Mr. Whitba, and your mysterious past. <laughs> mysterious mystery. Well, at this point, I, I do also want to echo uh, Lockie slash Henry Goodbarrow's sentiment. Thank you so much for listening. I, I really, this is a story I've been wanting to tell for ages, and I can't believe I'm getting a chance to do it with you guys who are such excellent role players. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see you in two weeks' time. Pleasure. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. It's been brilliant. (laughs) See ya.